family meeting after. Welcome to family meeting, a peak. Welcome to family not meeting. Not as easy as it looks, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Welcome to family meeting, a Peaky Blinders podcast. I'm Amy Schneider, and I'm Kelly Anakin, and uh, we're here for episode four of season four. Yes, yes, the golden episode. That's right. Sixteen square feet of Peaky Blinders, <laughs> right here, right now. Most oh. television shows aren't measured by area, but... Well, yeah. uh, they do things differently in the UK. <laughs> well, I guess it should be metric. This is also the fourth episode that we've recorded today. Yes. So- <laughs> 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 yes. This is what it costs. So we're doing great. <laughs> we've drank in so much water. It's, yeah. We've gone to the bathroom so many times. <laughs> So, so anyway, that's yeah. a, that's more of an us thing. <laughs> that's right. You're doing whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. Maybe you're going to the bathroom right now. Yeah. That's your business. That's right. We don't mean to pry. So we start out with Killian in his office and Mrs. Ross comes in. And so this is the mother of the boy that Arthur killed, which you probably remember from the previous episode. Right. The Changretta you know yeah the you know they're like the three stooges as far as i'm concerned (laughs) the changretta stooges were like this woman will you know lure one of them to her home yeah yeah and so she's telling killian that the next day would have been her son's 21st birthday and she's having a bit of a thing Mm -hmm. and she would like arthur to come right and killian keeps going yeah somebody will be there like this is so low on my priority list lady well i mean but he you can see him being like because she's not great at this she's not great at this and i don't mean to alarm you changretta but they know about the vendetta (laughs) because you told them right remember when you sent them all the black hand and then you told killing into his face (laughs) like if all you wanted to do was kill them Mm -hmm. you could have done it already yeah they would all be dead and this show would now be called the changretta vendetta yeah (laughs) like it would be finished but you had to get all fancy luca changretta okay so -hmm. the way that he wants to kill the shelby's is like the way that amy schumer wants to have sex with people (laughs) like it's not enough that guys want to have sex with her she needs for them to brag about it to other guys (laughs) and it's like butt your face you know like just be grateful for what you get like the rest of us. You have a very successful stand-up career. Yeah. God. Duh. Anyway, same deal with Luca Changretta. Yeah. Oh, he needs to brag about his fucking tailored suits. He needs to tell you before he kills you. Yeah. We need to tell you both verbally and in writing. Yes. Like the the written this message wasn't like enough. This is like when you email somebody and Slack them and G-chat them and text them. Yeah. It's stupid. It's stupid and it's counterproductive. Agreed. So she's bad at this. And like, come on. Like, when's the last time she actually talked to any of them? Right. And I think her cover story is good. Mm -hmm. Ish. Yeah. If it's not actually his 21st birthday, I'd be a little concerned. Like, because, you know, they would probably... I don't know that it would be a priority for them to vet whether this is a real thing, but like, but again, yeah, it's so transparently a setup. Yeah, yeah, you know, doesn't matter. Title right. card, still no red right hand. Yeah, hey, boom, boom, <laughs> boom, boom. Make with the cave. <laughs> red right hand. Those are the actual lyrics, by the way. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> 
so uh no we, we don't get that but we do get a peaky pimp walk which <laughs> we have not had in a while yeah. so i can't be too mad <laughs> and they're walking through the fire factory actually i think they're in charlie's yard here oh yeah anyway there's fire right. yeah we know we're still in beham yeah and we see mrs ross you know buttering bread <laughs> because british people put butter on their sandwiches like gross ass dorks <laughs> Killian is, you know, making plans with the guy because he's like, yeah. "Hey guys, uh, got a hot tip." Yeah, actually, kind of a lukewarm tip, but yeah. she tried. Yeah, <laughs> Mrs. Ross is like asking the Lord's forgiveness, and the subtitles here are strangely poor. Yeah, like so. For example, like they they tell you know the like Arthur, oh, you're going to be like the bait or whatever, and it's like, oh yeah, like putting a goat out for a tiger, and it said saga instead of tiger. Oh weird. Yeah, it was just like a couple things like that where it's like because like it's like sometimes it's like YouTube and it's just automatically phonetically uh-huh. doing it, but that's not what this is. No, it was there was two of those in the first couple of scenes. I assume. That Netflix has a couple of MFA and writing people just locked in a basement somewhere <laughs> doing all these subtitles. It was the blurst of times. Maybe the boogie rock person died. Oh, no. They're like, nobody else well, knows. And again, they're like, nobody else knows how to classify boogie rock. The other thing I don't understand is like Netflix had to clear the rights to this music. That's part of their job. Okay, yeah. So why do they not tell us the songs? Because they and they will. They'll well, tell right. us the songs very intermittently. Yeah, like Blackbird, sure. Yeah. But then well, and it's like, things... are you like, are, is somebody literally just using what was that thing? Shazam. Shazam. I was like, <laughs> songs? No. <laughs> the important thing is that they both failed. Yeah. Um. <laughs> why is Shazam still around? Susie was just Shazamming something at a restaurant we were at the other day. Well, maybe it's just because I had an Android when Shazam came out, and yeah. I am preternaturally angry at them <laughs> okay so anyway t- uh, johnny dogs is making fun of tommy in the first of several of these digs throughout yeah. this episode which i am so here for yeah because he's like oh you know tom you can't fire a weapon you know blah 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 he was like do you even remember which way to point a gun yeah yeah and but tommy you know he's not fun <laughs> so <laughs> he's like he's like they made this about Arthur. It's my business. And we're like, yeah, but like maybe, like, I get that you want to be there. Yeah. But you haven't, you know, you haven't been down in the mines in a long time. No, he's not. And then he's like, all right, Peaky's on three. One, two, three. Peaky's. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Ross is standing around nervously. This actress is great. Yeah. I didn't look up her name, but I thought she delivered such a strong performance in this role. Yeah. Which is sort of thankless and weird. Yeah, but she really has to hit the balance of leaving it almost ambiguous in the first like being bad enough in the first scene that you think tommy like was wrong oh because i never for a second thought that but just the balance of like not so ludicrous that she you know nobody Mm -hmm. could like she couldn't i mean she does go to the trouble of you know laying out provisions for yeah a party of some number of people no she is really good you know she's nervous like you are when you're betraying a criminal i mean this is a huge gamble yeah yeah it is I would never take this kind of risk. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, a crime boss killed my son? Well, I have no son. Yeah. Also uh, part of why I don't have children. <laughs> I am worried about them being killed by a crime boss. Yeah, but they seem to have a great pension plan in that scenario. I so. mean, yeah, but you get attached to the thing. <laughs> yeah, so I hear. <laughs> so we see Tommy taking up his lookout position and Arthur knocks and Mrs. Ross lets Arthur in after frisking him. So that's not suspicious at all. This was one of the less suspicious things i mean when she asked you know do you mind if i check mm-hmm. 
that was a bit much. But then at the same time, I'm like, look, yeah. if they're falling for this, they did kill her son. Well, and they I, do right. have a reputation for being armed. Yeah, they they certainly do. If they have nothing else, their reputation is for being armed. <laughs> Yeah. So Armed she, and drunk. Yeah. She shakily pours him some tea. Killian is keeping watch and he sees a car pulling up and the Peakies ready their guns and, and the car guy just hangs out. Some other guy is standing on a bridge and Finn is watching them. They cut back in to Mrs. Ross's house and Arthur asks where the other guests are. And Mrs. Ross is like, oh, they're coming. This is definitely not a setup. Uh, speaking of this not being a setup, I got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes so she heard he got religion mm-hmm. which he confirms yeah. and then she disses linda's mom for no reason <laughs> right. like everybody is ragging on linda's mom and i'm like no wonder linda's a nutcase <laughs> yeah linda's mom ain't got it going on so she asks if he thinks that repentance means that he'll be forgiven mm-hmm. like by god because well, and he says that it's not for him to decide, right? Which right. you know, Solid he's answer. correct. And yeah. I really love this scene between them because yes. yes, they both are like at least semi-aware of this being a setup, but there's still enough like truth in this because mm-hmm. they probably haven't confronted each other, yeah. since however many years ago this yeah. was. Oh, and there's a line in it where she says something about how you killed my son. He's like, that was a sporting accident or whatever, uh-huh. and yeah. he almost believes it. Yeah, well, but it's like he knows it was more than a sporting accident. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, there are sporting accidents and then there's whatever the fuck that was. Yeah. Anyway, she tells him and she's just fighting back tears because, you know, when she says she has something to say, like, these are the things she's written out over the like, she's been writing this down, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out like if I ever had the chance, Mm -hmm. what would I say? Yeah. And she says that she has not been able to find it in her heart to forgive him. Mm -hmm. And then her daughter wanders in and she sends her out front. And then Arthur, again, this works beautifully for both. Yeah. Why did you invite me here today? I want to get to the bottom of why, or, you know, I, I want you right. to confess that you're selling us out, but right. also why are you telling this to Leslie yeah. and me? Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah. And they, neither one of them knows how to deal with this situation at all. Mm-hmm. Because I think Arthur in his heart of hearts really does feel bad. But yeah. at the same time, his entire life has to be constructed for him to not feel bad about killing people. Yeah. That's like, yeah. crap. I'm trying to remember what, I think it was the Ken Burns Vietnam documentary, which I only watched like maybe six episodes of. Uh-huh. Gosh, it was long. It kind of like that war. It was um, a lot to deal with. I mean, I can imagine going back and reading it. Yeah. Again, yeah. But they said something about, maybe it was something else, but they talk about, it was something about people in the military mm-hmm. and the problem is the military is constructed to take young men, get them to a place where they can just go kill people mm-hmm. and not have it mess them up there. Yeah. But there's no real process for reintegrating them into society. Yeah. Yeah. And I I feel like it wasn't that documentary because I think what I'm remembering from that documentary is when somebody says, oh, you know, people say the army takes boys and turns them into killers mm-hmm. or killing machines. And he's like, no, no, no. Human beings have always been killing machines. The army just perfects it. Yeah. Anyway, that's what we're dealing with here. Yeah. Yeah. Is John was able just by virtue of being young enough and stupid enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to have enough outlets where he could just shoot at things. Yeah. <laughs> where he was fine. Yeah. And Arthur just never got over it. Yeah. Killian 
arguably never got over it. Mm-hmm. I think he's still, you know, oh, yeah. he's still in the bleak midwinter. Yeah, definitely. Uh, anyway. Definitely. This is hard. Yeah. There's more men gathering on the bridge and Finn starts to take aim at them, but they're all just going to a wedding. (laughs) So then the daughter signals the guy has been hanging out by the car. He goes and gets in the car and then just starts leaving. And Killian's like, oh shit, it was a decoy. Back at the hospital, a nurse just grabs Michael's bag that has a gun in it Uh and runs off. And then the guard out in front gets shot and Luca Chank ready walks in. What happened to that nurse? We never find out, but I imagine she couldn't come back to her job at the hospital. <laughs> I mean, not in his room anyway. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And see, this is where I was sort of trying to get at about Mrs. Ross's performance, is that it has to be, it has to be bad enough that the Peaky Blinders see through it, but good enough that they think Luca will think that they were fooled. I mean, she is essentially, she's like, she's betraying them. But, well, like, double-crossing them in a way that is consistent with their original goal. Right. And as I I would... I am assuming that she thought the whole time that it was... Oh. Yeah, I think she thought the whole time that yeah, because, they were going to... Well, I mean, because, the Changretas being lovers of the theater, right. they would have known her limitations yeah. as a performer. Yeah, because Arthur's the one that she wants dead. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, because that is one thing, because I was... I literally just... I was like, why would... Why would she agree to participate in this plan... Mm-hmm. Because Michael wasn't even around when that happened. Right, right. I mean, not that she wouldn't want him dead, just Ross's vendetta doesn't scan as well, but it is <laughs> just as potent as the Changreta vendetta. Yeah. Ross's vendetta was an episode of Friends. You are lucky that I have such impeccable <laughs> self-control because I could have done a spit take. Yes. That would have been bad. The one with the vendetta. <laughs> right. Finn runs in to Mrs. Ross's slum, mm-hmm. tenement, whatever, <laughs> and explains what's going on to Arthur. He's like, we have to go to the hospital right now. But Arthur wants to kill Mrs. Ross, yeah. who appeals to his you know, latent sense of decency. And she does mm-hmm. say, you know, you say you've mm-hmm. brought Jesus into your life. I have all the kids. Yeah. And he pulls back. He's in pre-berserker mode. Yep, Like, she's damn lucky for yeah. Linda. yeah. Maybe you want to not talk shit about Linda's mom anymore, <laughs> Missy. So he says that if she's still there in an hour, he will tar and feather her. Yeah. Because, uh, well, anyway. Yeah. I, I don't know why that's where his mind went. Yeah, it was, a, it was an I odd was like, oh threat. dear, is it 1863 again? <laughs> I say. Uh, yeah, so Luca slowly, menacingly walks into Michael's room and is like, where I'm from, I had on the bed is unlucky. Where I'm from, we fucking hate you. Yeah. So anyway, oh, you know what else is unlucky? Uh, kissing an Oscar-winning actress without her consent on national television. Uh, yeah, I wonder why your career's in the toilet, Adrian Brody. Yeah, it was the Halle Berry Mafia, <laughs> aka the Swordfishes. <laughs> Hugh Jackman was not pleased. Yeah. So anyway, he puts his gun up to Michael's head, and Michael says it's all over. But then he pulls the trigger, and it's empty. And he says to tell your mother that they have a deal. Again, I feel like it would have been more interesting if he had just shot Michael. And then I wouldn't have to keep having conflicted feelings about Michael. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, but I think-, I think Michael's in the same boat as Ada where I'm like, 
could Michael please have a plot that Polly doesn't get her sticky little fingers in? Mm-hmm. Like, I want him to, like, fly on his own. Yeah. But, but I mean, think, everything but he see, does is always cast against this foil of, like, Polly. Here's what I will say, and I know that Adrian Brody sucks, but strategically, I get this because. Like, for the deal to really hold, he needs more people to know about Yeah, it. that's... No, and that's fine. Yeah. I'm just saying, narratively, mm-hmm. that would have been cooler to me. Yeah. But also, I just want Michael to have something to do that Polly's not involved with. Yeah. Look, yeah. Michael wants something to no, do I that know. Polly's not say, involved like, with. That's, that's kind of up for Polly. where like, she was mad at him for still working for Tommy were the best of his <laughs> Tokyo-addicted life. <laughs> All the brothers burst in. Somehow Changrena and his goon have like gotten out without yeah. them noticing. Well, and they had killed the security guy. Right. That was it was a very confusing series of shots because I yeah. wasn't totally sure who was getting shot in the head. Yeah, and I but, couldn't go back because my Chromecast was being weird. It's so. fine. <laughs> I have a Roku TV, so everything is great. <laughs> this podcast is in no way sponsored by or affiliated with Roku or Chromecast. Yeah. But if you want we could we could make a little something happen we could make a deal <laughs> the shoppies all burst in now from a narrative economy perspective michael is not a good enough actor to sell this yeah when he's like oh you got here just in time and i'm like okay like okay yeah this is this is a pawn that has to move into place for the end game but yeah, yeah. i just i just don't believe that killian would believe yeah that Killian knows that they're outclassed by the Changretas. Yeah. The idea that they could show up having done this plan and not successfully execute Michael. Mm-hmm. Like, where where was Mrs. Ross's? Yeah. Like, anyway, you'd think he'd be more suspicious. But yeah, I agree. Apparently not. Tommy is pondering this. And then back at the bedding parlor, Tommy kicks somebody out and tells somebody to tell somebody. I think he's saying to tell Abalama Ding Dong okay. they inflicted no casualties and that the Italians are heading south. Okay. That's the key piece of information here. Ah, okay. Because, yeah, because then Luca's car arrives at a wagon that's overturned in the road. And some cop comes up and Luca's like, ah, oh, what's this obstruction? And the cop's like, what's that accent? And he says, oh, we're Americans. Oh, we're Americans. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, you can wait. We had to wait for you till 1918. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says it'll be 20 minutes. And one of the lieutenants is like, oh, yeah, it's about the war. Everything here is about the war. Yeah. And it's like, well, everything with you is about suits. Shut up. <laughs> Lucas says that they should just go help move the wagon themselves so they get out of the car, and the cop won't let them help. He says it's some gypsy wagon, and Luca finally gets suspicious. Again, I don't understand how he and Killian aren't both just snorting rails of Tokyo (laughs) and staying up all night. Like, y'all are too relaxed for this vendetta. Yeah, for real. Yeah, so he's, like, running back, asking the driver to get them out of there, but then he's dead somehow. Somebody slit, slit his throat, and right. I'm like, who did that, and yeah. when? Yeah, that's, they apparently have Is it Chow Yun-Fat <laughs> from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? That is exactly... He would never do that. Well, right. That would be a very dishonorable killing. But the Jade Fox. The Jade Fox absolutely would do that. Yes. And maybe Ji Zhang's boyfriend, if he thought that somehow the driver was threatening Ji oh, yeah. uh, Zhang. That's true. 
Anyway, mainly it's Abilama Ding Dong and his crew and some guns. This reminds me of the guerrilla warfare that took place during the American Revolution for some reason. <laughs> and I just wanted to say that. No, I think that's that's fair. So they kill everybody except for Luca Changreta because God hates us. And um why God? Yeah. What did we I mean okay, I can think of at least a couple things we did. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah. Don't answer that. I mean, you're busy violating the natural order <laughs> I, so. every day I'm And spinning. I'm just a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Appalama Ding Dang also intentionally shoots the cop. Yes. Which startled me at the time. We will probably never hear about this again. <laughs> Michael tells Polly about what happened and asks what the deal is. And she says it's just her and Michael going to Australia. And she complains about men's lack of strategic intelligence. Now, as regards, <laughs> everyone basically except for Appalama Ding Dong in this episode... <laughs> I agree with you, Polly. Mm-hmm. I do agree with you. I would also say that most of your choices in this season have not belied much intelligence overall. It's true. Now, Michael has figured it out, and he's like, oh, you never forgave Tommy. Mm-hmm. I never believed for a second that she forgave Tommy. Well, right. And Tommy didn't ask her to forgive him. Yeah, that's true. All Tommy said was, we need to set aside these grievances yeah. until we've dealt with the vendetta. Right. Tommy's she- not... As yeah. strategically she never unintelligent. Said she did. Yeah. Remember that she didn't say peace, she said truce. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Michael is very upset. He's like, you don't do that to your own. Mm-hmm. I'm not really team anybody in this. Yeah. I guess I think Michael should tell Tommy what's going on, but I don't know how I really feel. Yeah. No, Polly is correct when she says they're out of their league. Yeah. They are out of their league. Yeah, but that's been their whole MO. That's, you know. They're always out of their league. (laughs) Yeah. They're always drunk and violent, like Lee Marvin (laughs) in Paint Your Wagon. That's right. Anyway, Polly tells him. Now, and this was a smart move on her part because it works. Yeah. Because she says, think about the fact that if it weren't for the deal that I just pulled, you would be mortuary ash right now. Yeah. And he's like, ooh, good point. I'm sorry I called you Paul that time. Because <laughs> they would. I mean, they could yeah. have killed him six times. Oh, yeah, easily. Uh, so at Abalama's stable, Killian's there to pay, and they're negotiating over what they should actually get because he says that they killed two of them. But Killian says, yeah, but they also shot the cop. And Abalama explains that he shot him, yes, on purpose in the arm, because with the cop shot, the police are going to go after the Italians. The cop got a good description of all of them, but his guys were just gypsies in the woods. He says, the Italians will have to go underground. We're already underground. I fucking loved his line reading on this. Yeah, yes, yeah. Good job, Aiden Gillen. Yeah. How often do we get to say that? No, I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Boy, howdy. Boy, if he's been listening to this and feeling (laughs) sad about the mean things we've said, wow, he probably feels really good right now. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I have to say, and we mentioned it some last time, but he has been a pleasant surprise. He has just been a delight. Yeah. Why couldn't you get, I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to think hard about an American and a Brit okay. who would have been better in the role of Changretta All right. for the next episode. Okay. Hopefully. Yeah. You know. <laughs> we'll we'll ah, see what happens. Ah, what are our promises worth? <laughs> <laughs> Pie crust promises. Easily made, easily broken. 
Killian accepts this and hands over some money and says that Abalama let Luca get away and will not let Luca get away when their paths cross. And he's like, oh, when will that be? And he says, soon. And before that, he says something to him about he's been pushing paper for too long. Oh, right. Because, you know, yeah. everybody's got to pile on. Oh, that's uh, right. Fuck you, Tommy Shelby, <laughs> you corporate asshole. <laughs> In Beham. Mellow guitar music is playing. Right. They and, gave us an adjective this yeah, time, at least. But it's like, where's my boogie rock? I know. Where's my boogie rock at? <laughs> where's my boogie rock at, string? <laughs> Tommy sees Horse Bitch, mm-hmm. who took a canal boat there with Curly. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm switching allegiances ship-wise. I ship Horse Bitch and Curly. Like, not romantically, <laughs> yeah, but like just they, as best friends. They have, yeah. They yeah. have fun. Yeah. It's probably the best part of this episode. Well, she treats him like a human being, Mm -hmm. which virtually nobody else does. Yeah. In the office, uh, Lizzie greets her as Lady Carlton. Right. And Lady Carlton says, I'm not a lady. And Lizzie says, too right, or something like (laughs) that. Anyway, this is a great scene. Yeah. Horse bitch in the office tells... Killian that she's going to name his horse Dangerous after an 1833 Derby winner. She says she stole it, which she thought he would approve of. Yes. She suggests that Tommy visit the horse, and he says that if he leaves, he'll be shot. And I feel like her whole attitude has got to be, oh my god, like, this is how you are every... Oh, I can't come see you. I'm gonna be shot. Horse bitch says that Dangerous is the fastest filly she's ever ridden. Mm-hmm. And she has the registration papers for his signature. And Tommy asks if that's why she came in person. And he's very cold. And Horse Bitch yeah. says, so you've lost your wife Boo. and your brother. Yeah. <laughs> John at least merits. Remember how excited we were? Oh, no. I... How, how soon you forget. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sorry. We I were ap- so excited. Remember when he was fucking shooting grouse with his pistol <laughs> i apologize like a straight gangster i apologize rest in peace yeah you absolutely should apologize <laughs> think about what you did while i talk about this dope scene my thoughts and prayers are with the members of his family who don't suck <laughs> and she says nothing seems to change him and, she, and killian's like yeah, that's my whole thing <laughs> right that's literally listen i don't even eat opium anymore okay <laughs> i am the terminator <laughs> lizzie brings in some accounts and like she's clearly manu because yeah. Kelly is like I've already signed off on those Lizzie yeah and then she starts asking horse bitch what she thinks of his shirt because he has the made in London and sometimes he can't resist something glamorous and expensive mm-hmm. horse bitch I don't know what the extreme version of upping the ante is <laughs> yes but she writes a blank check. For the Gray Shelby Foundation. Yep. And is like, you fill it in, and then perhaps Lizzie could pop down to the bank <laughs> and deposit it for me. Yeah. Lizzie is dismissed. Yeah. Like, Killian's like, Lizzie, don't come in here with a pea shooter. Well, no, this man. This bitch has weapons that of was mass like, destruction. No, that was literally like just like a sword fight, where it's just like... Sh- you know, Lizzie made a move, and then it was like flash, flash, flash. Oh my and, god! Just and she's yeah. not wearing any clothes. Yeah, and I mean, like Lizzie, you've got to understand. Like horse bitch doesn't need this. Yeah, she doesn't care about it. You've been trying to get Tommy Shelby to give a fuck about you for four <laughs> seasons, and he just doesn't. Yeah. At any rate, yes. 
this was a beautiful scene. Yeah. And I love Lizzie. And yeah, gosh, oh, yeah, I love her I for trying. No. I love her for misunderstanding this whole situation. <laughs> I'm like, you don't understand. Like, this bitch outranks him. Yeah. Like, she doesn't care about him. Yeah. She puts up with a lot of bullshit, but she doesn't care about him. Yep. Killian asks if she packed an overnight bag, and she didn't, which he says is unfortunate because the train workers called a wildcat strike, and she's like, I didn't read about it in the papers. And he's like, yeah, it was unplanned. That's why they call it a wildcat. (laughs) So he's explaining unions to her. That's right. Horse bitch wants to know where she should stay. Tommy is saying, oh, we could meet up. I'll give you some gin. But also, he's booked her a suite at (laughs) the Midland Hotel, and... She's very like, oh, that's like very presumptuous of you. And then he starts to leave and she's like, well, since I'm stuck in this shit town, I will try your dumb gin. And then the implication is I will suck your dumb D. (laughs) Right. And then outside, Tommy asks Lizzie what that was all about. And she tells him to guess. Yeah. And then she asks, why is she still there? And oh, fuck. What is horse bitch says something amazing. Because, like, she's saying, um, why is right. she still here? And she walks out and says something about, like, she has to try gin or, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I didn't write it down. Because yeah. it was great. It was we great. We promise. Listen. Yeah, yeah. Fill in your own retort. <laughs> yes. Back at the betting parlor, Polly gets a call from Luca and says that they now know that they can always... That she now knows that they can always reach Michael at any time. And they will kill him if she doesn't deliver Tommy. Why haven't they just killed him? They obviously can kill everyone. All right. Okay. I don't know why they're not dead already. <laughs> Look, I'm all for willing suspension of disbelief, but my willingness is waning by the day. I understand. So Polly is rather torn up about this. She hangs up and, and heads to the this office. This is where she's wearing the cool gun belt. Ah, yes. She asks Lizzie where Tommy is, and Lizzie says, fucking. <laughs> And is generally not cooperative, doesn't really want to talk about Tommy. She's getting super wet. Like, yeah. I don't know how much time has passed <laughs> between when Horse Bitch retorted at her and now, yeah. but it is not enough for her to be as drunk as she is. <laughs> yeah. She asked Polly to read her tea leaves, and Polly says, fine, she'll do it if Lizzie fetches Tommy's diary, uh, meaning schedule, not yes. like his journal. Um <laughs> His journal is just his name over and over and over again. Tommy Shelby OBE. (laughs) Yeah. He's the perfect gangster. He has no life. Yeah. Uh, She asks if Tommy has a free afternoon that week, and he does. It's Friday. And so Polly's like, okay, make sure it stays free. She puts a star in it. Yeah. Look, Polly, this is not going to go the way you think it's going to (laughs) go. Yeah. I've seen this show before. Yeah. And so Lizzie's like, well, read my leaves. And Polly says, I have read your leaves. So you should start, stop drinking whiskey, switch to beer, and see a doctor about the baby in your tea leaves. Which, I'd, you know, yeah. this might be a best possible scenario for her. Yeah. Tommy Shelby loves doing the right thing. Yeah. Also, I like that medical knowledge at this point was like, stop whiskey. But, uh, you know, beer still. Well, fun. of course. Don't be absurd. <laughs> Babies need beer. <laughs> There's boxing, boogie rock, baby gold gets yelled at. I think this is the first time we've called him baby gold. I know, I and I like it. Yeah, I like no, it. It works. Baby gold gets yelled at for taking down a fine fighter. <laughs> and the coach says he needs to work on his defense. His left hand's only good for wanking. <laughs> yeah. Asks if he's registered. Tommy has already registered him. I assume through underhanded means. Yeah. I mean, I don't think like 
I think that with boxing associations, like, it's just, un- it's all under Yeah, I don't know. There's no, like, legit box. The coach says he's never seen a war boy so ready. I don't know what that means. He, that is, he used those exact words. Okay. Like, I just was just struck by the fact that he used the word war boy. Like, does he love Mad Max Fury Road? I can only Why assume Why have I not watched that recently? It's because mm. you have it at your house. Right. You also don't have a DVD player. I do. Oh. Yeah, it's right before. there. Oh, that, yeah, look at that. Yeah. What did you think it was? A Nintendo Switch? <laughs> Boom! Callback! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know if he means. Did, I, I, did the kid fight in the war? He looks too young. I don't know why he said war. Okay. Boy. Anyway, it just struck me as an odd. It, yeah. That's Witness why him. <laughs> Tommy asks who. Who he asks? Who, Baby oh, Gold. okay. Yeah. So he asks Baby Gold. You know, when he's in the ring, who he sees, and he says he sees it basically living his father's life. Yeah. And Apple Emma <laughs> Gold is like, oh. Yeah. He's like, ooh. <laughs> That was harsh, son. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'm hiring myself out to shoot at an Oscar winner. <laughs> Tommy says that he'll be champion of the world if that's his motivation. <laughs> I mean, Tommy also had a shitty dad. Yeah, that's true. Curly escorts horse bitch through the stable. She asks for Boots to go take a walk by the canal since she's stuck there and bored. And she asks if Tommy is making gin and Charlie says that he's going mad like the rest of them stuck in here. Curly gives her some of his boots and says that she's going to look pretty silly in them. I can't tell you how much joy. Yes. Just joy for days. Yeah. With Curly and yeah. Horse Bitch. I love it. I yeah. love it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good yeah. job, Steve Knight. That's right. Because well, we, we clocked that in season two. Because they, yeah, they yeah, encountered right. each other several times. Yeah, well, yeah. and even in this season when he was telling her, you know. Oh, right. About, but like yeah. that wasn't his, that was just like practical advice. Yeah, this is yeah. like, oh, Curly got jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And Charlie gives her a gun as well since there's Italians to the north and south and says that she really just ought to get out that the man she's waiting for doesn't exist. Curly says, why are you waiting for the man who doesn't exist? <laughs> Would you like to try some of his gin? So... They set you up to like think like, oh, Curly, you don't understand things. But he gets it. Yeah. Oh, 10 points to Bullwish. <laughs> <laughs> also, all I could think of was Italians to the left of me. Chagrins to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with, with Curly. curly. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. Here we are. <laughs> they can't all be winners. That's true. Not even horse bitches horses can all be winners. (laughs) Yeah. Tommy walks through the factory and there's nobody there. Right. And Devlin says that the Strockers have blocked the scabs and I think they stopped the buses. They made them all get off the buses. Yeah. So the police have been busy uh, with other stuff. Well, with uh, the one cop that got shot and then communist rumblings and the strikers are threatening the scabs families. Like this is why this is why you don't scab. (laughs) Yeah. The foreman offers Tommy a drink and asks if he's considered that the communists might win and they'll all be lined up against a wall and shot. This is so cute. Yeah. This is like the cutest old timey people didn't know stuff I've ever seen. And it's the bleakest. Yeah. But like, I'm like, ah, the Bolsheviks couldn't plan a fucking picnic. (laughs) Right. At any rate, Tommy says that he considers all possibilities. Oh, and, and the foreman is like, we're traitors to her class. And he yeah. says, I'm not a traitor to me class. I'm an extreme example of what a working man can achieve. Mike Killian's been on point no, this that's, season. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Yeah. Killian, call me. I love you. I'll use your voice while you fuck me. I want that. <sighs> Look. I got Unless that's weird. <laughs> Look, whatever you want. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> 
So he then calls Ada and says he needs her help. She's basically the commie squad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Tommy asks horse bitch how she likes the she, gin. I love this. She's yeah. lying on her back in his gin room, like <laughs> drinking and singing to herself. That's yeah. how boring Beeham is. It's yes. also like, why didn't you bring a magazine or something? <laughs> she didn't know about the Note Wildcat strike. Next yeah. time. Get the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> I guess that's the gin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she says it's a little sweet. So he takes her into his whole distillery. And she's like, is this a hobby? He's like, I don't do hobbies. This is so funny because I was just talking to another sober friend of mine yesterday. Yeah. And she was saying, like, when she goes on dates, people are like, what do you do for fun? And she's like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and I was like, no, me, because I, you know, I do yeah. comedy. I do my podcasts. Mm-hmm. I work sometimes. Yeah. And I go to meetings. Yeah. And... Uh, I, what what is fun? I don't like. I mean, I have fun doing this podcast with you. Right. I have fun doing comedy. I even have fun doing work. But like, yeah. I almost never just am like, oh, fun. Right. <laughs> Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. Like eat pizza. <laughs> Which just makes me think. There's that bit in the in the catering show where she's like, oh, what makes you happy? And she goes, uh, no, hang on, I know this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we'll figure it out in our forties. <laughs> Maybe. I'll let you know. I don't know who these people are who like to travel. Like, I like seeing other places. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, at what cost? Yeah, I know. My coworker just got back from a month backpacking in New Zealand. Oh, that sounds terrible. I know. On so many levels. Yeah. Anyway, back to fiction. Back to life. <laughs> back to the opposite of reality. <laughs> yeah. But he just says he has been kind of bored being stuck in Beham, and so he's you know he's been sending booze to America, but some of his sources and we in knew Scotland. about that in the previous season. I think he yeah, told yeah. Ada about it. Yeah, and he mentioned and, his friend in Camden Town. That's <gasps> guys, guys, guys! <laughs> it's Alfie Solomon's played by Tom Hardy, <laughs> who is uh he's the long term boyfriend of Charlotte Riley, who plays Horse Bitch. <laughs> ah, the layers. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm very excited. <laughs> I understand. So he's decided to, uh, you know, develop his own sources. And in these modern times, women are drinking just as much as men, and they prefer gin. So. I drink more than most men. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I did. Hence the unpleasantness. <laughs> <laughs> For more discussion of the unpleasantness, see our recap of The Crown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Season 2, Episode 4. <laughs> Barrel. Yeah, so he, he says he needs to get his recipe right and wants to know what she thinks of it. She says that he's unlike any man that she's ever met, and also that the gin is too sweet. <laughs> Ah, I love their chemistry so much. Yeah. She makes no sense for him as a long-term partner, Mm -hmm. but God damn it, I love her. Yeah, well, he doesn't make any sense for her either, but she just keeps showing up. I know. And, like, looking at him. Well, they're both bored. With that eyeshadow. They're as bored as Liz Taylor in that Liz and Dick movie. (laughs) Yeah. So they, they do kiss, but then she's like, meh. Okay, and I didn't like this part. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is like, nobody, yeah. This is, yeah. Guess what? There's no good left in him. Right. He has gone full Palpatine. Yeah. Okay? I'm not saying it doesn't make him attractive. Right. But I'm like, horse bitch. Well, also, he's projecting on her. He is, because she barely, like, she does not finish her sentence. And he's like, oh, you just want me to change. You just had the good and part. And she's like, I mean, I would, part of I me would kind of prefer man. that, like, people weren't trying to kill you so we could just go fuck like normal people. Right. 
I'd rather be able to see you without hiding in a canal. Yeah. Like, but yeah. I mean, no, I it get is, it. Yeah. And it's also, <laughs> and it's also kind of, you know, telling, not showing. And it's, it's a bit much. But after all, after his, you know, somewhat didactic monologue, she says that he bites like a horse. Which is a great line. Yes. It's almost worth the shitty monologue. Yeah. Steve Knight, less <laughs> monologues. Yeah. More horse bitch. <laughs> anyway, he will take her to her hotel. Arthur shows Finn his new home, which is unfortunately <laughs> Mrs. Ross's place yeah. all busted up. And I'm like, Finn, yeah. have you considered going on the road with Esme and the kids? <laughs> like, I don't think this is a good environment for you. Yeah. And, you know, Arthur's like, oh, you can have your mates over, bring women, <laughs> cards, you know, drinking, you know. <laughs> right. This is like his second, you know, big toxic masculinity lesson. Yeah, it is. And Finn tells Arthur that he wouldn't have been able to pull the trigger. He says he's not John. He's never going to be John. Yeah. And this is a sweet moment this, because yeah. Arthur claps him on the shoulder and he says, oh, no, you're not. You're my brother. And he then says that in the end, it's God that pulls the trigger. And yeah, that, we don't get to choose who lives and dies. Yeah. I liked this a lot. You know, the the one with tommy you know made me mad yeah this like because this i mean this is what you learn in wartime Mm -hmm. well and it's like if this if this is his life yeah he is gonna have to learn it but at the same time i interpreted it almost as arthur maybe even unconsciously giving finn this out Mm. where he's like you know it's god that pulls the trigger so if you can't pull the trigger Mm -hmm. maybe you're not supposed to pull the trigger Mm. yeah i didn't think of it that way it may not i doubt that's how they intended it this show usually doesn't get that deep right but it's a thought yeah no good advice to listeners just don't shoot people yeah just don't do it yeah i know that our european listeners already know that but here in america well, we're kind of struggling. So at the canal side, horse bitch says that she understands it's not safe and that there's Italians around or, you know, that's what she heard. Uh, and Tommy says, yeah, it's not safe, but it's not really the Italians. It's just chancers looking to, you know, make a name for themselves and get a reputation. He says that she can get on the boat. She's still got time to make her train. And he says, she says, what about the strike? And he says, what strike? Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm mad, but I'm not mad. <laughs> like, I'm mad, but I'm not mad. Yeah. But again, yeah. like, again, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know if it's better or worse that whenever Tommy Shelby does these coercive bullshit things, mm-hmm. whoever it is, well, like, A, you know, if they don't want, you know, right he, here, he's like, no harm, no foul. He's yeah. like, I don't like losing. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. But, you know, he's not going to force anybody, which right. is what I thought was a little weird about the advice that he gave Finn. Yeah. Is that, like, they're coming at it from two very different yeah. places. Mm-hmm. But because Finn is just like Finn, Finn hasn't had sex with anybody. Right. I don't know if Tommy lost his virginity to a whore or not. Yeah. But I can see that having sex with a whore would be easier if you've had like straight up consensual sex first Mm -hmm. somehow. I Mm -hmm. don't know why I think that is. Yeah, I can see that. But you understand the thing that it's an imitation of. Right, Right. You understand the service they're providing. Yeah, yeah. Versus Finn, now, his only experience is of sex as a transaction. Yeah. He always wins them over in the end. Yes. You know? And I mean, he doesn't ever, like... We've never seen him force anybody, I don't think. I don't think so. I think that's the only way this character flies. Yeah. Honestly. (laughs) Tommy Shelby, I'm not a rapist. Like, that's (laughs) his only platform that he can run on that's positive. Yeah. Finally, at the end of the scene... Curly says to Tommy, oh, doesn't she look a picture in my boots then? <gasps> I love it 
calls him Tom, and I love when oh, Curly yeah, calls yeah. him like his brothers call him Tom. Yeah, from time to time. Yeah, I feel like most other people call him Tommy. Yeah. as a way of like mentally being like, hey, remember when you were a kid and you weren't terrorizing everyone? <laughs> <laughs> but I just love oh yeah. Curly. Curly's so great. Yeah, he's ah, I love him. Like yeah. I. The rest of this episode could just be me making like <laughs> guttural noises about how much I love Curly. Uh, but there's things to discuss. I swear to God, if you kill him, Steve Knight, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's going to be not illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think Steve Knight's dumb enough to do that. I don't know. Well, I don't know. We'll find out. I, You know, I, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it is very entourage yeah you know yeah we're like you can't kill tommy shelby right adrian grenier can't die of weaponized chlamydia <laughs> if only he could <laughs> i think you mean vincent chase the role that adrian grenier disappeared into <laughs> i don't have time to get into this <laughs> jesse eden aka miss what's her name yes is addressing a communist meeting. She's quite the public speaker. Yeah. She's got them all whipped up into a frenzy, but then it just ends. Yeah. And I'm like, is this how things work? I don't know. But she's getting everybody excited. Ada's sitting in the back looking very, you know, yeah, Ada. Whatever. Ugh, communism. I'm too cool for communism. Now. Anyway, you know, various people are talking to her and congratulating her. And I do, like, in the light of what Devlin said earlier, like, I just feel so bad for these people. I'm yeah. like, man... This is also not going to go the the way that you think. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Ada comes up and introduces herself and asks her to go for a drink. And I forget what exactly Jesse Eden says. And Ada's like, oh, no. She's like, yeah. oh, you look familiar. And Ada's like, I'm Ada Thorne. <laughs> Formerly Shelby. And Jesse Eden is just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you people need to understand what business hours are. And yeah. Ada's like, fuck you. Let's go. <laughs> yes. Because she says that she's there. And oh, this is classic Ada. I need more of this. Yeah. Ada's there to make an offer of settlement in person because her brother is too arrogant and proud yeah. to do it himself. Mm-hmm. And then they go to this bar and Jesse Eden is like, damn it. I want to keep calling her what's her name. Yeah, sorry. I, know. I mean, feel free. This is what happens. No, I'm just saying, like, now it's in my head. Yeah, uh, yeah. In my head. <laughs> they go in the bar, and Jess Eden's like, they don't, like, we can't drink here. Yeah. And they walk in and they see Jesse Eden and the guy's like, sorry, miss, we don't serve. And then Ada steps out. It's such a gangster. <laughs> oh, this is, yeah. I love how much she's like, really like grown into being a Shelby. Cause remember when like they stopped her movie Yeah, and yeah. she says, I'm a bloody Shelby. No, I'm a fucking Shelby too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. So she just steps out and says, what do you have to drink, ladies? And, and, uh, you know, Jesse Eden wants a beer because she's a peasant. And Ada asks for whiskey and ice. And he says they don't have ice. And she says, this bar has come to our attention for its lack. She's like, next time have ice. Yeah. This bar has come to our attention for its lack of ice. And yeah. the guy's like, yes, I'm sending someone out right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's just so, so phenomenal. Yeah. And jesse eden says she's not impressed yeah but she is a liar because that was so fucking cool it was incredibly cool i know she has to say she wasn't impressed so she doesn't seem like she doesn't have any balls in front of this crime family right but 
fuck you what's her name it was cool <laughs> it was ada takes a different tack and says oh well i'm really impressed with your public speaking like i never could do it yeah back in my days mm-hmm. of caring about shit <laughs> and she says okay so here's the deal we're offering wage parity and withdrawal of the pay cut for men in exchange for jesse eden discussing socialism and revolution with tommy and miss what's her name is like excuse me yeah and ada's like look he hedges his bets. He's a bookmaker. That's what he originally was. That's what this is about. He's a yep. very rational man underneath all of... And, yeah. And Miss Wasserman is like, you mean underneath all the murder and the killings and the... And the I know, stabbing. Yeah. And, and it is like, yeah, like, why do you think he does all of those things? Like, yeah. I think it's very obvious. Yeah, she's like, yes, when I said underneath all that, I was just trying to save time by not listing all the ways in which he's violent. <laughs> also, like... Anybody who does those things, who is able to do it for any length of time without being arrested or killed, that's a rational person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the only reason that Arthur is still alive is that he's had this rational person pulling punches from other people. Yeah. At any rate. Oh, my God. Yeah. What's her name? (laughs) Says, you know. All he really needs to know is that come the revolution, the workers will own the means of production and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And keep the Birmingham town hall. Yeah. And doesn't Ada feel bad now that it's all going to happen for jumping shit pre well, jumping shit prematurely. Yeah. And Ada does not care. Yeah. She She doesn't take the bait. No. Like she's like, listen, I look amazing. And you are a mess. <laughs> yeah. So she gives her the invitation and she's saying, well, he wants to have dinner with you in a scrapyard. He said he thought you would appreciate the sentiment. Yeah. And oh, he's so good at everything. Yeah. Look, that's the thing. Yeah. He would be repugnant if he wasn't right. Every single... <laughs> like, I understand why Polly is mad at him. Yeah. I understand why Polly sold him out. But Polly... You're frequently not right all the time. (laughs) At any rate, if Jesse Eden does not show up, the offer is withdrawn. What's her name is upset. She is like, I can't believe this. And Ada gets up cold as ice and says, well, we've all got to make personal sacrifices for the good old coals. (laughs) She walks away. Neither of them drank their drink. Well. At all. And I'm very upset. I'm sorry. What a waste. Yeah, they I went know. through that whole rigmarole with the bartender. Uh huh. I mean, I guess some bum gets to drink it now. <laughs> I would, I would, yeah, I would imagine so. Well, I would hope that you know, what's her name drinks hers. Yeah, that's true. You know, she's still, she, she did, just got dressed the fuck down. Yeah, she should drink both drinks. She got more dressed down than she already was in her garbage <laughs> clothes. <laughs> <laughs> also, still hasn't fucked Killian. Well, this is true. High hopes, yeah, high hopes for episode five. Yeah. Because you know episode six is just going to be a really long, let's kill Luca, chain Greta thing. Yeah. I mean, they are meeting in a scrap metal yard, so that's pretty romantic. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Remember, our first date was in a scrap metal yard. Yeah. I mean, it was that community theater, but... (laughs) Yeah. Well, scrap metal yards are the only places zoned for community theater in Ohio. (laughs) It's better that way. Uh... Ah! Uh, that is correct. Alfie Solomons is back. Thank God. <laughs> yes. Talk about making personal sacrifices for the good old cause. This has been nearly four entire episodes yeah. without him. Now I know, look, 
if they kept putting him in here a whole right? bunch, yeah. they would be even madder. Yeah, okay. I they show tremendous restraint, mm-hmm. and I'm sure are doing that in part because Tom Hardy's schedule is insane. Yeah. But oh my god, yeah. oh my god! I tweeted immediately. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even. Yeah. I, I literally gasped out loud and said, "Oh, thank God!" Unironically, yes. So he gets out in an empty Beeham Street. Says that it smells like pig. You go to hell just for breathing the air around here. Um, and he tells his associate Ishmael to honk the horn, and he does, and he just like honks it. He's like, no. You know, song the horn. He does it again. He's like, you know, goes over yeah. and shoves him out of the way and just holds it down. And then, like, Killian walks out and he keeps holding it down until he gets all the way up to him. And then he comes out and just says, Hello, Alfie. <laughs> <laughs> Get the band back together. Oh my God, this is so great. Yeah. I'm already thrilled. <laughs> yes. So he is there with Goliath, who is very tall, and who was, the name was mentioned, but I wasn't sure if that was really the name. He looks like, I imagine, so Genghis Khan in Clone High. Oh, like, yeah. if he was a real, like, this dude would kill you. Yeah. Like, if you had sex. But I'm, like, here for it. I was very, <laughs> it was like the bear Jew on steroids. <laughs> yeah. So he is, yeah, he is there to take on Baby Gold. And, yeah, he also, yeah, so they head into the distillery to talk about things. And Alfie says that he doesn't approve. He says that gin leads to melancholy, whereas rum leads to violence and eliminates self-doubt. <laughs> and from what he hears, Tommy could use more of rum these days. <gasps> okay, remember when I said less monologues? Steve Knight, <laughs> that doesn't apply to Alfie Solomon. It does not. He could just... I would watch a 60-minute episode that is just Alfie Solomon's monologuing. Yeah. He could read the phone book. Yeah. He sees a, a starling flying around the distillery and goes to shoot it. <laughs> and, and Killian's like, no, we're, we're going to get a Kestrel to take care of that. <laughs> yeah, and Alfie says that Tommy is back where he belongs in this horrible place. And he, I, I didn't quite follow what he was saying about, like, shitting outside. And I, Girl, I just let it wash over me. <laughs> that's right. I was so grateful that I wasn't typing for yeah. this one because <laughs> I was just rolling around on my couch in the words yeah. and the beard and the eczema. I was so happy. Yeah. And then he says that Americans like their gin sweeter. <laughs> Again, it's a great joke because Horsebitch is his real-life girlfriend, Charlotte <laughs> Riley, and they have conflicting opinions on the show. Yeah. Is this what it's like to like Tolkien? <laughs> I know. I think there's, there's you know an I element mean? of that. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Alfie basically says that the Sicilians are using Sabini for like logistics and that sort of thing, but that they don't trust anybody that isn't Sicilian. He has, a, again, an amusing way of phrasing that that I don't remember. And it was try probably to racist anyway. I mean, and it probably was uh, that there are 11 Sicilians Tommy asks which side Alfie's on and Alfie's like well uh, you're gonna be dead soon and all your family will be dead and it'll be like you never even happened so it's so great yeah Tommy says to pass the message to Sabini and anyone else that the Sicilians aren't going to leave after they kill him they've come here they found out that the cops aren't armed they like it and they're going to stay which is an interest. Like I just hadn't thought about it. That I had. Way before. I don't think it's necessarily true, right? Well, because all we've heard from Changreta is We're going back to America, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it's it is an interesting thought. How else this would have been improved is instead of Changreta, if it was Fat Tony from The Simpsons. <laughs> 
I mean, that would be a good point because then his character would be more subtly played. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah, and Tobias Menzies could play his lieutenant with a scar on his face. (laughs) Yeah. Summer Menzies in December. Right. (laughs) It's like Christmas in July. I know. That's why I said it. Yeah, Abalama comes in with baby gold and Alfie makes fun of his hair. Boom! (laughs) Which is fair. And says that he is the promoter of Goliath and then just tells like a bunch of tall tales about how like nothing grows where his shadow falls and just all this. Yeah. Yeah. God, Tom Hardy. Yeah. I told a friend that this is maybe my favorite performance in television. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think I think that stands. Yeah. It's just this perfect marriage of performer and performance and it's deployed perfectly. Yeah. Just Yeah. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's great. Yes. Baby Gold He's is a work. biker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh Baby Gold is not worried. He's like, yeah. I can handle that guy. I like Baby Gold's I confidence. Like too, yeah. I'm a big fan of Baby Gold. Yeah. Yeah. If Abalama Ding Dong is the price we have to pay to get to Baby Gold. <laughs> yeah. Cash on the dollar. <laughs> we get mellow music. Mm-hmm. Lizzie opens the blinds in the office and Friday is still available. Right. Tommy walks into a hospital. Sorry, the hospital. Right. <laughs> we said a hospital. Michael signs something for some reason and Tommy's going to go give prizes at the foundation. And Michael says, just you. And then he says, no reason. And he's Killian starts walking away and he says, Tommy, have a good weekend. Then we get Boogie Rock. Tommy walks to his car and then Italians in a truck follow him. Polly's there. Yeah. And watches them go. And I'm like, okay, Tommy didn't get where Tommy is by not understanding exactly what Michael yeah. couldn't bring himself to tell him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as like, we said before, Tommy knows Polly didn't forgive him. Right. Right. He know. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next episode is like, I knew you made a deal with Paul. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't leave Michael alive if you didn't think you could get to me. You know, like in yeah. the whole fucking thing, they'll have a talking like that contest. Mm-hmm. He will miss his shot Which with Changretta. And then I'm I'm 50-50 on whether in the last episode Killian or Arthur will kill Changretta. Mm, or yeah. if it's like somebody totally unexpected like Lizzie. Yeah. Curly. Um, <laughs> no, I, I Curly I'm, get involved in this. I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't know why he the... doesn't just go live with a horse, bitch. I know. Um, no, I was... Yeah, like, I hadn't thought it through that far. It's like it's on like, Twitter when you try I to mash people it, together to it, be friends. <laughs> I will say that it was the... That this, like, you know, cliffhanger ending, like... I don't know exactly the details of how it's going to go, but, like, I can see the broad out. Oh, yeah. I, I don't Unless, expect... I don't know, it, man. Like, Steve Knight has surprised us before. Yeah, he has surprised me when I thought I saw where it was going in the past. Yeah. But, you know, it's been four seasons of this. I feel like I've got a decent idea of the outline. But we will see. I look forward to the next two episodes. I mean, I'll yeah. say that. I, I liked this episode so much better than the third one. Yeah, yeah. Because it was very light on the old... Right. You know, because everybody else is like, nobody gives a shit about you and your dumb past. And he's like, oh, right. (laughs) I forgot. Let's get a Kestrel in here for your past. (laughs) So we'll be back with episode four. With five. Five? Yeah. Holy crap. Wow, I'm as bad at counting as Princess Margaret. (laughs) By order of the Peaky Blinders.